Hello and welcome to the Rationable Podcast, your weekly deep dive into how science and critical thinking make you immune to scams, fads and hoaxes. I am your host, Abhijit. Let's dig in. Hello and welcome again to the next episode of the Rationable Podcast. How are you doing? Really, I want to know. Um, it's kind of nuts. And of course, we're all kind of still sick and tired of the way that the coronavirus is spreading across the country in India and of course across the world. A lot of countries seem to have been, um, seem to have recovered quite well, but the US is still plateauing, which is very unfortunate. I've been uh, trying to keep up with the news. Yeah, I, I don't know how you guys do it, but I hope all you people who have your heads around you uh, and are still staying locked down, even though the rest of the world is unlocking, you know, stay strong. We all have to. I mean, in India, it's been quite crazy. Like, we haven't even seen a dip in in the numbers, and yet we are still unlocking progressively more and more, and the numbers just keep rising. And there's no sign that anybody is going to realize that they've made a mistake and lock things down again. Either way, Fortunately for my family and I, I uh, we are staying indoors as much as possible, not going out as much as possible, interacting with people the least that we can. And if we do, then at least there will be people who are presumably safe and who've been locked down as just as we have. Um, yeah, that's what the Arogya Setu app says right there. You're safe. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's if you have the Arogya Setu app. I'm, if you haven't heard about it, that's the government contact tracing app that has been uh, pretty much mandated in a lot of places in India. And there are still a lot of concerns about privacy, etc. Uh, either way, we've beaten that issue to death and it's like, and there's no going back. We have to use the app apparently if we want to travel. And at the same time, we have no idea what kind of privacy issues it might have, even if they're unintentional. Either way... Uh, the crazier things that have been happening recently, apart from nobody really giving a damn about the coronavirus and unlocking anyway, is that we have apparently found a cure. Now, you've probably heard that Patanjali, an Indian FMCG company started by the famous yogi Baba Ramdev, has found a cure for COVID-19. Apparently, this bendy-bearded Baba's unicorn has been running clinical trials and they've already cured hundreds of people with a 100% success rate. My word! Golly gosh! Are wah! I mean, if that was the case, <laughs> I'd be thrilled to bits. But it's not. Now, this Corona kit consists of a bottle of Coronil which is a mixture of, and this is what we have been led to believe, ashwagandha, tulsi, giloy, and other herbs and minerals, along with shvasari juice and anutel. Of course, we can know nothing more until Patanjali releases their clinical trial data 
if they've run the trial and submitted for peer review, following which it will get published in a reputed journal. <laughs> Who am I kidding? You know, that'll be the day or the century. I, I'm not holding my breath for that one. Now, even the Ministry of Ayush has surprisingly told them to stop selling the product until their claims and promises of being 100% successful cure are verified. Now, I definitely, I wasn't expecting this, but I did love it for yeah, about five seconds, which is when I realized that the ministry's standards of evidence are so non-existent that Patanjali could do a puppet show and they could pass it off as a peer-reviewed RCT. Let's just say I'm very skeptical that they'll manage to do all of that successfully without some sort of deceit. So the Ministry of Ayush actually uh, issued a statement on the claims of Patanjali's Ayurveda preparation regarding the treatment of COVID-19. This was uh, posted on the 23rd of June at 5.39 p.m., apparently. Not like it matters. Anyway, so this basically says Ministry of Ayush, and I'm sure you, if you haven't seen this, I'm sure you've seen this. It's all over social media. But if you haven't, I just want to give you a quick rundown of what it says. Ministry of Ayush has taken cognizance of the news being recently flashed in the media about Ayurvedic medicines developed for the treatment of COVID-19 by Patanjali's Ayurved in Haridwar, Uttarakhand. Facts of the claim and details of the stated scientific study are not known to the ministry. The concerned Ayurvedic manufacturing company has been informed that such advertisements of drugs, including Ayurvedic medicines, are regulated under the provisions of Drugs and Magic Remedies Objectionable Advertisements Act 1954 and rules thereunder and the directives issued by the central government in the wake of the COVID outbreak. Ministry has also issued a gazetted notification number blah 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 as dated 21st April 2020 stating the requirements and the manner that the research studies in COVID-19 with Ayush prevention or medicines should be taken. In order to make this ministry aware of the facts of the aforesaid news and verify the claims, Patanjali Ayurved Limited has been asked to provide the earliest details of the name and composition of the medicines being claimed for COVID treatment. Sites slash hospitals where the research study was conducted for COVID-19, protocols, sample size, institutional ethics committee clearance, CTRI registration, and results of the data of the studies, and stop advertising, publicizing such claims till the issue is duly examined. Ministry has also requested concerned state governing authority of Uttarakhand government to provide copies of license and product approval details of the Ayurvedic medicines being claimed for the treatment of COVID-19. Let's just say I'm very skeptical that they'll manage to do all the studies and publications and everything successfully without some sort of deceit. But I have a bad feeling that these guys are going to slip away without a scratch no matter what the outcome since they're already covered with so much snake oil and slime. But let me check my biases, okay? If we all have to check our biases. If they come up with a solid, placebo-controlled, double-blinded clinical trial as they're claiming and survive peer review and publication in a reputed journal, I will turn around, apologize, and change my mind. I swear to you. So I'm going to break down whatever I've seen in press releases and any other information that I can see about this magic potion and if it holds some promise or not. First, let's check out the claims in the press. 
in an article by Scroll.in, Acharya Balkrishna, the chairman and co-founder of Patanjali, has stated that the company appointed a team of scientists after the outbreak began. He said, and I quote, First, the simulation was done and compounds were identified which can fight the virus and stop its spread in the body, he told reporters in Uttarakhand. Then, we conducted a clinical case study in hundreds of positive patients and we got 100% favorable results. He added that the company is currently conducting controlled clinical trials and will release evidence in less than a week. After taking our medicine, COVID-19 patients recovered in 5 to 14 days and then tested negative, Balakrishna said. So we can say that the cure for COVID is possible through Ayurveda. Speaking for each ingredient, Acharya Balakrishna said the following as reported in the English section of Jagran.com. He said that Ashwagandha does not allow COVID-19's RBD to mix with the ACE of the human body, which prevents it from entering the healthy cells of a patient. He added that Giloy also works as Ashwagandha. He said that Tulsi has also been used in the medicine, which constrains the rate of coronavirus's increase in the infected body by attacking the RNA polymerases of attacking the RNA of the infection. Speaking about Shwasari juice, the Patanjali CEO said that it prevents the formation of thick mucus and reduces inflammation of the lungs by eliminating saliva. Sounds scary. Apparently, Anutel is a nose drop that's supposed to build immunity, which is pretty much the same as boosting immunity, which I've already talked about in my last episode. Of course, we will have to wait for their study findings to really be able to say anything about this preparation's potential in treating the coronavirus if the study is rigorous in the first place. I definitely want them to publish something because I want to see their work. Making claims of a 100% cure rate is a bit ridiculous. Nothing, and I mean nothing, has a cure rate of 100%. Not penicillin, not digene, not paracetamol, and not your mom's ginger tea. But we'll come back to that later. First, let's go through each one of these claims to see if any evidence is there to back it up. Claim 1. Ashwagandha and Giloy stop COVID-19's RBD to connect with the ACE receptors in the human body. So coronaviruses are covered with little spikes or the corona or crown, which is where the coronavirus gets its name from. These spikes have proteins on them that help them bind to host cells. This is called the RBD or receptor binding domain. In the case of COVID-19, it bonds to ACE2 receptors on cells in our bodies. These receptors are important for the functioning of many different cells and tissues in the body. Essentially, COVID-19's RBDs lock onto ACE2 as the first step towards entering the cell and infecting it. For Ashwagandha, I found only one molecular dynamics simulation study in the Journal of Biomolecular Structure and Dynamics. It said that the key molecules of the main chemical found in the extract, which is withanone, along with a molecule called CAPE or caffeic acid phenethyl ester derived from propolis, a compound made by bees, may be able to bond with SARS-CoV-2 to restrict its reproduction and infectiousness. Now, this is a computer model. It's not even a lab test or even close to a human trial. So this is just 
it's a hypothesis, a possibility, an idea, or maybe just a little further along than that. Nothing close to concrete. However, IIT Delhi is already studying this combination with the National Institute of Advanced Industrial Science and Technology, that's AIST Japan, to see if it can treat or prevent COVID-19. Hopefully, their study will be thorough and we'll be able to tell us something a little bit more concrete about these chemicals. Another MD simulation found that with a ferrin A, which is another active ingredient in ashwagandha, it could possibly bind to the herpes virus particles and restrict their reproduction. Again, again, this is a computer model, not done in real tissues or in the real world, and it has little or no significance to real life. Plus, the study is about herpes, not SARS-CoV-2. Professor D. Sundar, coordinator for DILAB at the IIT Delhi, and head of the Department of Biochemical Engineering and Biotechnology at IIT Delhi said, while well-trusted reputation of ashwagandha as an immunity enhancer forms a basis of recent initiative of the government of India in forming an interdisciplinary task force, joint initiative of Ministry of Ayush, Ministry of Health and Family Welfare, Council of Science and Industrial Research, that's CSIR, with Indian Council of Medical Research, which is the ICMR, and launch its clinical research studies related to SARS-CoV-2 and the COVID-19 disease, the current research report of the team provides hints on its direct antiviral activities. As doubtful as I am about the promise of this research, all I hope is that they conduct rigorous research that is methodologically solid, unlike most of the research on complementary and alternative medicine. Now, let's look at Giloy. More molecular and docking studies have been done with both Giloy and Ashwagandha by Tech Mahindra and Radiation Biology and Health Sciences Division of Bhabha Atomic Research Center in Mumbai. Their results say that the active molecules in these extracts can dock well with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, but again, as advanced as this modeling may be, the best it can do is give us an idea, a prediction of what might happen. This isn't solid evidence of anything just an indication that these compounds need to be tested in labs, then in animals, then in humans, if they pass all the rounds. To give you an idea of all the steps it takes to get chemicals to the shelves, there's this amazing video on the Body of Evidence YouTube channel called The Gauntlet. You have to go watch it. I'll link it in the show notes. Claim 2. Tulsi constrains the rate of coronavirus increase in the infected body by attacking the RNA polymerases of the infection. I could find absolutely no studies that corroborated this claim. If you know any RCT, animal, or even in vitro studies, let me know. Claim 3. Shvasari juice prevents the formation of thick mucus and reduces inflammation of the lungs by eliminating saliva. Otherwise referred to as Divya Shvasari Ras, which I'll refer to as DSR, this is an Ayurvedic preparation that's supposed to lower inflammation and mucus levels. Now, I found only one rat study where an allergic reaction was induced, and DSR seems to have a promising effect to reduce the symptoms. This is just a one-shot study, though. It doesn't seem to have been replicated in other animals or even in humans, so we don't really know for sure if these effects are real or not. Also, this is tested on allergic reactions and not viral infections. So it's even less relevant. Claim 4. Anutel builds immunity. I found one study, if one can call it that, using it for chronic sinusitis. 
It was a small study of about 30 people. It wasn't controlled and each subject was given multiple Ayurvedic treatments, including steam inhalation. So we don't know if the symptoms regressed to the mean or if any of the treatments actually worked. Or was it the steam inhalation? We just don't know. It's a tiny, horrible little study and it should be ignored. The verdict. So is coronal potentially the COVID cure everybody's been looking for? No. The verdict is that it failed. The evidence is nearly non-existent. And so far, so is the clinical trial with which they are claiming that this tested and verified medicine from Patanjali Research Institute had a 100% success rate. None of their claims have panned out. So until they manage to do their magic, I'd recommend that you don't buy this treatment or believe anything Patanjali's people are saying about it. Or anyone else for that matter. But for the sake of remaining rational, I will wait for the study to see if it really holds water. Keep an eye out on this space to see what we found on it, if they ever release it. However, there is something that they did release, their permission for the study. Check out this thread from Anant Bhan uh, about the registration of the study with the Clinical Trials Registry of India. I have put a link to the tweet in the show notes, so you have to check it out right away. But I'll give you a little bit of a hint of what you'll find in there. So basically, there's obviously, as said before, there is no study that we have found. They've, they, have re they haven't released any clinical trials. But we have found that the name of the study changes in the same entry. So they can't even keep that consistent. And apparently, the medication the participants were meant to receive wasn't coronal tablets, but rather a whole bunch of tablets of all the supposed ingredients that go into the coronal tablet. So they're taking a separate pill for ashwagandha. They're taking a separate tablet for giloy. They're taking, uh, you know, a tulsi extract of 500 mg um, around breakfast and dinner. There's a nasal drop powder and swasariras and uh, all the other components of this corona kit are all taken separately. So this is, they're not even taking it as one pill. How are you going to have a That'll be a one huge pill if you're supposed to take a 2,000 milligrams of all of these components total. That's, that's 500 of ashwagandha, 1,000 of giloy, and another 500 of tulsi extract. And that, that's, that's a 2,000 mg pill. That's a big pill. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to have it. Anyway, that, which end are you going to put it into? <laughs> Never mind. All right. So I don't know, I, I don't know what they're trying to proof with this because that this is what they've registered with the study that all of these component ingredients are given separately in rather large quantities another super scary thing that happened is that they have in their registration they have said that the placebo therapy is going to be a placebo of the same dosage in the form of the oral intake or a nasal drop or whatever it is and they haven't said that the control patients will be getting standard medical care, which is kind of scary because if there is a patient who has got COVID-19, they should be receiving standard medical care. You can have a perfectly good study which will compare standard treatment to this because standard treatment can't cure COVID. So it's good enough to have a standard treatment regime to the control group and you can have the active ingredient medication given 
to the other group, the active group. Why they haven't registered that, I have no idea. But it's kind of scary. And probably an indication that they don't know what they're doing. Also, the study enrolled the first patient on the 29th of May. As of the 23rd of June, it was still recruiting, apparently, according to the registration. It hadn't been updated. And on that day, they declared it a success via a press conference. Doesn't that smell funny to you? I think that I think they're trying to shovel something. <laughs> and it's nothing pleasant. So, yeah, it's not... Uh, that doesn't sound at all legit. And I have a feeling that they're just making asses of us all. Now, Dr. Sumaya Sheikh, she has also called BS on these shenanigans in this tweet, which I will also link to below, where she points out that the documents Patanjali submitted by the Ministry of Ayush didn't include the clinical trial that they were supposed to carry out. So... So the Ministry of Ayush sent them a statement that I'd read out before, and these guys responded, Patanjali responded, but they didn't actually include the clinical trial in their response. They just sent the approval from, of the RCT from the CTRI, which I just discussed, and two other studies. One of them was the mouse model of asthma and the simulation of the kiloi extract binding to the ACE receptor spike protein that I have already talked about a little earlier. No human trial at all. They're just lying. And they're saying that, yeah, we've given you everything we have. Absolute bollocks. So there you have it. Patanjali's claims are just big talk. Even the component ingredients have no independent studies that seem promising. Now, don't get me wrong. I would like nothing more than for a cure for COVID to be finally released so we can just get on with our lives. But it's a tall order that many researchers have been trying to fill for several months with no success. And I'm talking... All over the world, every single scientist and laboratory that can possibly be spared or who have the authority to work on this are working on it already, but they haven't found a result. Why? That's because finding a new medicine to treat the novel coronavirus, a novel infection in general, is a long, arduous task. We need to make sure that the medicine has a high level of benefit with minimal risks, that's why RCTs are necessary to figure out both with a high degrees of certainty. And not just one, we need multiple human trials to make sure the findings aren't a fluke and can be replicated. This takes months at least. And they usually take years to find a high level of confidence. Meanwhile, Patanjali seems to have a high level of confidence with nothing to show for it. Unfortunately, many people believe more in confidence than in evidence, and this gives quacks and conmen an opportunity to take advantage of them. Ayurveda itself may potentially have many preparations that could lead to future medicines. After all, these use real materials and molecules in their preparations, which could have very important therapeutic benefits along with potentially dangerous side effects and drug interactions that could genuinely harm people. Now, if the active molecules are not isolated and just used directly from the plant, for example, it's possible that each dose will contain different levels of active ingredients, which makes the dosage unreliable and maybe even unsafe. Also, Ayurvedic therapies have largely been found through millennia of trial and error, with any real evidence possibly clouded with anecdotal evidence, regression to the mean, and placebo effects which I've already explained in my article on homeopathy. I'll link that below. 
It may have been called science hundreds or thousands of years ago, but science has evolved a lot over this time. Randomized control trials and the scientific method in general have been developed specifically to minimize the effects of biases and maximize the objective results of the medicines we develop. Clinical trials are also essential, as I've mentioned before, to figure out all the effects a remedy can have, the side effects, and the dosage, along with the medical interactions, so it doesn't screw up the effects of other medicines you might be taking. I mean, imagine you're taking one medicine, if you take another Ayurvedic medicine which hasn't been studied, you cancel out the effects of this medicine. Maybe it neutralizes it, and your whatever condition you're suffering from comes back full-blown. What if it accentuates it or causes even like other unforeseen problems that you didn't even think of before? How would you know that for sure in advance unless you've done clinical trials based on looking for those interactions? That's why it takes so much time to develop new medicines. We need to make sure people are helped and are kept as safe as possible. Also, nothing, and I mean nothing, in the field of medical science is 100% effective and 100% safe. Why? Because every human is different. Our bodies are so amazingly complex with so many proteins, enzymes, hormones, sloshing around in there. The exact effect of any medicine will change from person to person and from time to time. Have you taken paracetamol for a headache, but the headache just didn't go? Have you taken digene or an antacid and couldn't get rid of acidity? It happens. That's why your doctor asks you to check in after a couple of days to see if the medicine he's given or she has given is having an effect or she will probably change the medicine or dosage depending on its side effects or lack of effect. Brazenly stating that a medicine is 100% effective means you are lying. Now can you see why I have a high level of confidence that Patanjali is lying to all of us about their corona kit? Let me know what you think about all this. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and be rational. Thank you so much for listening to The Rationable Podcast. If you like this show, please subscribe, share it, rate it, and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll make it much easier for others to find it. For the show notes, transcript, references, and more, visit www.berationable.com. Continue the conversation on The Rationable Conversations Facebook group and at Be Rationable on Twitter. For feedback, questions, or suggestions, write to abhijit at berationable.com. That's A-B-H-I-G-I-T at berationable.com. Until next time, be rational.